morning, church. How are you? Good. Some of you. How are the rest of you? Great, good, amazing. This is fantastic. You know, June is actually the best month in the whole entire year. It is. It's true. It's true. Because, like, all the greatest people are born in June. It's just true, I'm telling you. I mean, not only on the 24th of June, but also just the whole month of, of June. You know, tonight, today, it is my mum's birthday. Yes. Happy birthday, mum. <laughs> Happy birthday. I love you a lot. You, you wore a good colour tonight, mum. It's a very good colour. Yes. Ooh, look at all these rules. Rulers. That for later. Have you ever thought about uh, getting a text message from Jesus? Can you imagine? Just imagine. Just go with me on this. You do anything. You drive in your car. Well, you can't look at the text in the car. Uh, You're walking down the street. Uh, You are, I don't know, you're you're at university, meant to be paying attention. Uh, You're at work, meant to be working. And your phone goes, ding. And uh, you look at your phone, it's like, oh, I don't know that number. <laughs> and, uh, and then you get a text message, and it's like, dear Don, dear TJ. Can you imagine if, like, you a random number, and they know your name? They know your name. <laughs> well, uh, I want to welcome you to my, introdu- my introduction of my title slide tonight. Let's throw that one up there. Dear, insert name, please don't stop the fire. Love, Jesus. Love, Jesus. Let me pray. Lord, as we come around your word tonight, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would illuminate it, help it to change us, help us to receive the love that you have for us. God, help us to walk out more like you, closer to you. In your name we pray. And everyone said, Amen. 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 Dear, your name. Please don't stop the fire. Love, Jesus. You know, the flames of a fire are mesmerizing, aren't they? Anyone been around a bonfire or a campfire lately, like recently? Hands up if you've, you know, you've looked at the flames of a fire recently. They are beautiful. Like, wow, I had a week off a couple of weeks ago and, uh, and we just, we, we built this cute little fire next to this cabin and, and uh, it, was, it was spectacular. And, uh, you know, it's so mesmerising that I spent almost every night on my holiday looking at the flames instead of looking up at the, the, the incredible stars that you can't normally see because of all the light pollution in the city. But, but they, just, they just captivate you because of the flames in the fire, there's something about fire. I love fire. Fire is a good thing. There was this one time that um, uh, a group of boys uh, went camping, and um, it wasn't me, but these boys went camping, and uh, we decided it would be a fun idea to uh, put things in the fire that would go boom. And uh, not, not me. I said we. Dang it. <laughs> I said we. All right, the cat's out of the bag. It was me and my boys. And uh, anyways, it was, it was private property. 
private property, and uh, we thought we'd put things in the fire just to see how big the bang could get. And uh, it was awesome. Now, we stunk bad for the rest of the, the camping trip because we had no deodorant left. Um, <laughs> but this one night, <laughs> we decided to strap two of those bad boys together with some duct tape. And we got this log in the middle of the fire. It's massive property, private, did I mention? It's a private property. <laughs> this log with this hole in the middle of it. We dropped these two this brute for men, uh, in duct tape into the hole in this log. And then we'd had the fire going for hours. Like, you know, you know when you look in the flames and then you look past the flames and you go, you see the white, like the white coals? That's hot. <laughs> they're, not, they're not orange, they're not red, they're not blue, they're white. Like, this thing had been going for hours. We, we put these two things in there and we ran. <laughs> we ran. <laughs> Hiding behind the, the trailer and in the shed with the doors closed. We're like peering out and, and then it's not, it's not doing anything. <laughs> and so then one of the guys, oh, I'll, I'll go see. I'm like, no, don't. It'll happen. She'll blow. And uh, sure enough, she blew. <laughs> there was... Literally no more fire left. <laughs> like these cans obliterated this fire. Like I'm talking, it was a decent like, like bonfire. Not just a little like marshmallow thing. Like this thing was logs and it had been going for hours. It shattered it. Like it absolutely destroyed it. Like sparks flying everywhere. Like bits of the log and branches like flying over our head, over the trailer, I'm like, that was dangerous. <laughs> like, like, that was probably dumb, like borderline dumb. Like, not exactly dumb. Private property, massive property. You know, we were safe and secure. We had a hose there. But it was borderline dumb, all right? But my gosh, it was fun. <laughs> this thing, oh, man. There's lots of other stories I could tell you but I won't. <laughs> let, me, let me say this, though. Let me say this. There is no point starting a fire if it's not going to achieve the purpose that it was intended for. There's no point. And I want to tell you tonight that there is a fire that God wants to fill you with, and he wants it to never go out, to never go out. Check, check this verse out from Luke chapter 3, verse 16. John, John said this to the crowd. He said, I baptize you with water. But someone is coming soon who is greater than I am. So much greater that I'm not even worthy to be his slave and untie the straps of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Come on, there is one coming that will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire fire. Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. He came to seek and to save the lost. He came for you and I. He came for humanity. Jesus Christ came for people because he wants us, because he loves the whole world. He wants you and me. He wants absolutely anyone that will respond to him and say, yes, 
Thank you for picking me. But then he left and he sent the Holy Spirit down and he sent his fire. He lit a flame that he never wanted to go out. Is Jesus not number one in your life anymore? Has Jesus become secondary in your life? Or is he the priority in your world? Don't resist the fire. The fire's from God. Don't resist the fire. Pursue the fire. Pursue the devouring fire of God. The fire that God has for you is good for you. Anything that God has for us is good for us. Everything that God has for us is good for us. Don't resist that flame. Don't hide that flame. Let that flame burn. Feed that flame. For that flame is from God and is for you. There's a fire inside of you. We can't quench it. We've got to feed it. We've got to give it what it needs. You see, the fire is there to purify. The fire is there to purify. To purify our heart, to purify our life. Why? Because we need purification. We're not a finished product when we, when we come to Jesus. It's the beginning. It's the beginning of a relationship. It's the beginning of something good. It, it, it's like the, the story has just begun. Like you're, you're in darkness and death and decay, but you've now come to life. And God wants us to live. God wants us to live. Don't resist the fire. In Malachi chapter three, let me read these three verses to you. It says, look, I'm sending my messenger and he will prepare the way before me. Then the Lord you are seeking will suddenly come to his temple and the messenger of the covenant whom you look for so eagerly is surely coming. This is the Lord of heaven's armies. But who will be able to endure it when he comes? Who will be able to stand and face him when he appears? For he will be like a blazing fire that refines metal, or like a strong soap that bleaches clothes. He will sit like a refiner of silver, burning away the dross. He will purify the Levites, refining them like gold and silver, so that they may once again offer acceptable sacrifices to the Lord. He's a refiner's fire. That word makes all the difference. He's not like a, you know, a, a fire that doesn't discriminate, like a forest fire and just goes through and destroys everything. He's not like that. He's a refiner's fire. There's intention to the fire. There's intention to the flame. It's, it's to do the work, the, the perfecting of what he initiated in your story. He has lit a flame. Maybe he hasn't lit a flame in you yet. Tonight he wants to light that flame. Tonight he wants to set your heart on fire for the things of God. Tonight he wants to, to maybe relight your fire, to reset your life on the course that he wants your life to be on. He's a refiner's fire. He purifies. He's, the, he, he's a master at what he does. So your refiner's fire doesn't consume completely like an incinerator or a, or a forest fire. It just heats it up enough to, to wipe that stuff away, to, to, to purify the, the silver and the gold and to wipe that muck off the top, the stuff that shouldn't be there in your life. 
for that to happen, you've got to engage in the fire. It's fire, though. Fire's dangerous. There's always a proper fear and trembling in the process of becoming pure. To fear God, not man. We learn from the time that we are little children not to play with fire. Because if you play with fire, you're probably going to get burnt. Or bad things could happen. You've got to do it on private property with a hose and protective gear and, you know, have, have extreme caution in play. It's a good lesson not to play with fire. Christianity is the same. It's not a plaything. It's not a plaything. It's a life or death thing. Come on, the passion for purity in your life is paramount. You know, you, you ever walk past a, a sign that says wet paint? <laughs> Don't touch. Something within you just wants to touch it. It's like a little kid. If they get told not to do something, there's something in them that just wants to do it now. I want to touch that oven, Dad. I want to go out to that party, Dad. It's just, I just want to touch that wet paint. You know, we've almost made it cool to flirt with danger. We've, we've almost made it something cool to flirt with the boundaries and see how far we can take things. It's actually rebelliousness. It's actually rebelliousness. That, that, that little thing that you have as a child is supposed to come out of you as you go through the purification of the loving father. If you see wet paint, it's wet paint, don't sit. If he says hot oven, don't touch, don't touch. It's, it's not cool to be rebellious. It's not cool to flirt with the world. It's not, it's not cool to flirt with temptation. Every time I flirt with temptation, it's hurt me. Every time I flirted with the world, it started to pull me away and distract me. Every time I start to flirt with the things that God has told us not to flirt with, it ends up ultimately hurting my life. That's why he says don't do it. It's why he says don't flirt with the world. Why are you even questioning where the line is? Just stay far away from the line. Don't, 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 don't live a life where you, where you think, oh, I, well, I can live this close because I haven't gone over the line. I mean, I could probably even stand on the line. Like, I can walk down that line. It's just too easy to fall. It's too easy to fall if you, if you, if you walk a life where you're far away from the line, where, where, where the fire is over there, you're not gonna get burned. But as you start to flirt and engage and make allowance and you start to get close to the line, well, it's a lot easier to then fall over the line. It wasn't God that made you fall over the line. God said, don't go there. It wasn't God's fault. It was our fault. Well, well, God will forgive me. I'll just try it once. I'll stop next time. It's just my struggle. It's always been in my family. We're getting married anyway. What's a little bit? Rebellion, the Bible says, is the same as witchcraft. Because it hurts you. It hurts you and it hurts the future you. It's not cool. Stop it. The only law that the Bible says that we're allowed to break is a law that is against one of God's laws. Otherwise, it says to even obey the law of the land. 
It's not cool to be rebellious. It's not cool to be rebellious. The cyan hot oven is there for your protection. It's there for you. So don't touch it. He's like a fire and fire is serious. You don't fool around with fire. So fire is a purifying thing. That's my first point. Purification is a good thing because it perfects who you were called to be. My second point is that you've got to feed the flame because the flame consumes them up. It purifies us. It burns away the stuff, the stench, the mess, the sin, the death, all of it, the decay. The Bible says if you live a life according to the flesh, it leads to death, which means it's decay along the way. And God's like, I don't want that for you. Repent, turn around, come back this way. This is what I want for you. So feed that flame. Feed that flame. Feed that fire that he's lit in your life because it brings life and it enables you to live. And I want to encourage you, it's time to live and live again, to live running, chasing, pursuing the things of God, not, not, not flirting with the line and seeing how, how I can add just a little bit of, of this in and a little bit of that in. No, it's time to live chasing the fire of God in your life. Come on, Luke 12 verse 34 says, wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. And it leads me to my next point, desires. Some desires are good, but some desires are bad. Just because you have a desire, it doesn't mean that you need to satisfy that desire. I love the wisdom of our senior pastor. He's he's taught me and trained me this one thing that, Joe, just because you have a desire in your life, that doesn't mean that it's a good godly desire. If we gave in to every desire, (laughs) look at what happens. Just because it's in you doesn't mean it is you, doesn't mean it's part of you, doesn't mean that you have to engage that because I can guarantee you that if it's bad for you, it's not the real you, it's the old man you. It's the you that needs to be crucified every day so that you can live out the new you that God died for you to be. That's the you, the real you. Come on, don't let the desires of your heart pull you away. The Bible says above all things, what? Guard your heart. Guard your heart. You know the story of David and Bathsheba? You know, (laughs) it's a crazy story. It's crazy. It's crazy that God still loved him. It's crazy that God still used him. But his story could have been different if he didn't give in to the desires in his life. But it wasn't just David. Bathsheba should not have engaged with him. Bathsheba shouldn't have also allowed what happened to happen. You know, David stopped. You know, the first thing that went wrong, David stopped doing what he was, should have been doing. He should have been out fighting with the army at the front with all his men, accountable in a public place with his hands busy, not isolating himself on a rooftop and enjoying the spoils of his kingdom and not, not with idle hands because... It's never a good thing. Come on, David stopped doing what he was meant to be doing. And well, one thing led to the other very quickly. Because he, he saw some stuff. He saw, mm-hmm, on that rooftop. All those curves in all the right places. That's what he saw. And then he engaged. 
shouldn't have been on the rooftop. She shouldn't have been visibly exposed. You know, I used to tell the youth, you know, way back when I was a youth pastor. <laughs> I've grown a beard, so I look my age. <laughs> I used to tell them, you know, if I can, uh, if I can see it, like, it's not great. Because <laughs> it's like, you know, guys then mentally touch it in their heads. And they're like, Ugh. I'm like, yeah, and not just the guys, you want to see it. All the guys. Yep, next week, they didn't wear that anymore, did they? <laughs> he shouldn't have looked. She shouldn't have enabled it. He shouldn't have entertained the thoughts. She should not have engaged at his request. He shouldn't have covered it up. She should never have stayed with him. You know, well, you can say, well, but he was the king. She had to obey. No, she didn't. She could have stood up for what she knew was right. Joseph did. Look what happened to his life. Ended up pretty good. <laughs> Two IC in the superpower of the world. She didn't have to. Just because he was king. Just because it's how I felt. Just, be, just because, well, that's who I am. No, it's not. It's the old you. Who do you fear more? Man or God? Stop making excuses for your failings, my friends, and start to recognize them, own them, and deal with them. Stop seeking stuff. Seek God. The stuff hurts you. Death, decay, depression, disappointment, destruction. That's what the enemy of your soul wants you to go through. It's not what God wants you to go through. To not let the desires of your flesh overrule the desires that you have for God there's a flame that's been lit, feed that flame. That flame is good for you. That flame is good for you. If you make allowance for your sin, that sin will grow and will ultimately consume you. The Bible says in James chapter four, verse one to 10, what is causing the quarrels and fights among you? Don't they come from evil desires at war within you? You want what you don't have so you scheme and kill to get it. You are jealous of what others have, but you can't get it. So you fight and wage war to take it away from them. Yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. And even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You only want what will give you pleasure. You adulterers, don't you realise that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? I say it again, if you want to be a friend of the world, you make yourself an enemy of God. Do you think the Scriptures have no meaning? They say that God is passionate, that the Spirit is placed within us, should be faithful to Him, and He gives grace generously. As the Scriptures say, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come close to God and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Let there be tears for what you have done. Let there be sorrow and deep grief. Let there be sadness instead of laughter and gloom instead of joy. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. 
in honour. You know, you know, so many of us love quoting that scripture, you know, James 4, eight, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. It's so beautiful. But it's wrapped up by some pretty confronting stuff, isn't it? It's like, whoa, okay, Bible. I mean, it's not even the whole verse. Look at that, James 4.8. It's not verse nine that then says, so wash your hands and purify your hearts, you sinners, for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. No, no, it's the same verse. It's the same verse. Don't quote Bible to yourself to make you feel good about yourself. Read the whole thing. Read the chapter. Don't just read a verse. A daily verse is great. But that's not devotion. I didn't make those words up. <laughs> it's Bible. Why? Because it's actually really, really important. Purification is paramount. God wants to separate us. We should not look like the world. We should stand out, not fit in. We've got to be different. We've got to be attractive. We've got to be tasty, salt and light to the world around us. What are we desiring? What are we pursuing after? What are we, what are we chasing? Come on. It's time to light my candle. The next part of my sermon. It's a man way to light candles. My hands sweaty. <laughs> come on, Che, come up here. Help a brother out. Come on, Che, quick. Need a fellow flame keeper. Oh, I got it. It's okay. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, you got to be in church to see this stuff. Makes good creme brulee toppings too. See, it's got a, it's a purpose. This is where the rule has come back in. See, Jesus said the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you and give you fire. Fire. There's one coming that wants to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Because fire is good for you. Fire removes the stuff within you that shouldn't be within you. That's, you know, you engage in the stuff that the fire wants to burn up. You start to block the fire. Well, then the fire can't do what the fire was intended to do in your life. We start to cover the fire. It got burned in my practice at home. So I got a shorter candle. I love candles. I actually have like a whole range of man candles from TK Maxx and it's like, you know, vintage cedar and leather and stuff like that. You know. it's, it's man candles next to my bed. I want to ask you, what's stopped the fire burning in your life? What's stopped the fire when you first fell in love with Jesus, what has pulled you away? What has pulled you away? See, it only takes one degree of gradual decline, just one degree off course. 
and you're going to miss the destination. Come back to God. Come back to God. I thought I was chasing after God. Just one degree. You'll completely miss the destination. You shoot for the moon and you land on Uranus or something. (laughs) Venus, Mars, one of the planets. You wonder where God is. Well, he's where he's meant to be. Where you originally were headed. What if you allowed to come into your heart and pull you away? What desire? I want to read my Bible. I want to worship. I want to spend time with him. Man, there's just, there's only 168 hours in my week, God. <laughs> like, you know, and I, I work full time, like, I work 60 hours, like, so I've only got 108 hours left. <laughs> and I get eight hours of beauty sleep, <laughs> so that's 56 hours. I've only got 50 hours left, God, after I've worked full time and, and slept eight hours every night. Only 50 hours left, God. I, I can't give you half an hour. You know, I, I, when did you stop praying for lunch at work? When, when did you start hiding the fire? So when we start to hide the fire, it starts to suffocate the flame. It starts to suffocate the flame, everything we, we do. You know, you've got work friends sitting next to you who, who are hoping that you don't fail. They're watching you. Because you never used to go out for Friday drinks. Like if you did, you had Coca-Cola or lemon-lime bitters. It's just one drink of beer. They watch you and you never used to swear. It's, it's, it's just, it's not a bad swear word. starts to suffocate the flame. You see them gossiping about you, putting you down, not inviting you to, to the lunch anymore. Or maybe they're, maybe they're inviting you to Friday drinks and now you're going and they don't see the difference between you and them anymore. They were hoping that you'd be different. They were hoping that this crazy Christian who once prayed for their lunch and would never swear would just maybe, would just maybe the answer that they thought they needed. But then the passion they saw in your life and you used to tell them about church, you used to, used to tell them about Jesus and you, you, there was a glint in your eye. There was a spark. But it started to dissipate and your faith has started to struggle. And come on, they need you to hold on to your flame. Come on, don't suffocate that flame. Don't let that flame go out because they need that flame. They need that flame more than you think they need it. Come on, this generation needs the flame. They need Jesus. They need hope. They need life. Come on, our generation is killing themselves. Our generation is is chasing after drugs and alcohol and and sex and money and any desire that they think can can just fill that void within their life. And the answer is, is contained in you and it's the flame, it's the fire of God. Come on, don't suffocate that fire. 
Come on, they need to see you in your workplace. Come on, what has distracted you? What has pulled you away without you even knowing it? What have you allowed in your life that shouldn't be there? Who have you allowed in your life that should not be there? Come on, God used to excite you. You used to want to spend time in His presence. Come on, you used to want to go to church Sunday morning and Sunday night. Come on, you were chasing after His presence. You were craving it. Because just that moment with Him, it was way more than enough to satisfy everything that you had inside. I want to, I wish I did more, but we've got to come back to God. Can I get the band to come back up, please? Jesus. Jesus. Come back to Jesus. Come back to Jesus. He wants you. He loves you. Come back to God. You know, personally, I was born lit up. There's a few of us that are blessed. Che, Tiana, me, just to mention a couple. Like, blessed. You know, every year of school, though, I was reminded of it. Man, they'd want to steal it from me, so they'd, they'd beat me up, they'd bully me, they'd mock me. You know, there was a flame inside my heart. There was a flame inside my life that God had put in there. It wasn't because of what I looked like, but it was because of what I carried. Oh, you're a Christian. <laughs> what would you know? You believe, in, you believe in a made up fiction guy that you can't even see. Oh, how wrong they are. Come on, I'm still standing. My fire's still burning. Come on, feed that flame. Feed that flame. Come on, when they persecute you, when they mock you, it's a sign that you're doing your job well. It's a sign that you are shining that light out bright. It's a sign that your flame is raring and raging and it wants to devour the bad in their life so that the good can come out in their life. Come on, come on, out of darkness and into wonderful light. Come on, our generation needs us to get some thicker skin and start to be willing, no matter the cost, to lay down our lives, to lay down our lives for our friends. Come on, Revelation chapter two is my last scripture. I've asked Danny to sing a song for us tonight. Revelation chapter two, Jesus said, write this letter to the angel of the church in Ephesus. Write this letter to the angel of the church of Emerge. This is the message from the one who holds the seven stars in his right hand, the one who walks among the seven gold lampstands. I know all the things you do, all of them. I've seen your hard work and your patient endurance. I know you don't tolerate evil people. You've examined the claims of those who say they are apostles but are not. And You've discovered that they are liars. Check this out. You have patiently suffered for me without quitting. But I have this complaint against you. You don't love me or each other as you did at first. 
Look how far you've fallen. Turn back to me and do the works you did it first. If you don't repent, I will come and remove your lampstand from its place among the churches. You've even patiently suffered for me without, without quitting. But I have this one thing against you. You don't love me or each other as you did at first. Come on, come back to God. Let Jesus be the centre of your life. Let Him be the desire that you chase after the most. Love God with all that you are and love others, which is of equal importance. First love. First love.